Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. Really kind of leads into my lesson this morning. Um, and I, I'm going to ask you a question, and it's the title of my lesson, Who's Following You? Who is following you? Um, for those of you on social media, they have a, a platform, Twitter. Uh, and Twitter is known for followers, right? The question for the longest time was, how many followers do you have, okay? Because that was a big deal, is the, the number of people that are, that are following you. Um, and, you know, someone once said that if you're out in front and you turn around and you call yourself a leader and there is no one following you, you're not a leader, okay? There's nobody following you, you're not a leader. And here's where we're going this morning, I believe all of us have influence. I believe that. Look at your neighbor and tell them you got influence. We all, not under the influence, we, we all have potential to influence other people. Now, control, control over our lives is something we all want. We all want control. <laughs> But in a universe which, in which everything is mutually interdependent, none of us has absolute control over much of anything, in, including much of the time ourselves. If you're honest with yourself, you'd say amen about that because that's just the truth of the matter. Rather, what we all have in abundance, though, is influence. Influence, the power of which seems to function linearly, right? The, the de definition talks about the closer personally and physically uh, others are, are to us, the greater our influence over them and vice versa. So even more interestingly, uh, unlike our attempts to control, we always like to grab the bull by the horns, have the hold of the steering wheel. We do make those attempts, but unlike those attempts, our attempts to influence don't require, hear me, co our conscious intent, which, which is why our ability to influence others is so much more important than our ability to control people. Because hear me, we're always exerting influence simply by being who we are, saying what we say, and doing what we do. You like how I brought the sun down whenever I said that? Just to add dramatic effect. <laughs> the only real choice we have in the matter is whether or not the influence we exert is good or bad. We're always influencing, but some are influencing in a positive way and some are influencing in a negative way. All right? And I love the story that we find in John chapter 1. In John chapter 1, and I've talked about this story several times. I love this story. But we, we find for the very first time, Jesus uttered the words to somebody, follow me, follow me. What was Jesus doing? He was choosing his disciples. And he, had, he already had two that had begun to follow him already, Andrew and, and uh, another uh, disciple. But you'll never find where he asked those guys to follow him. They just kept showing up. They wouldn't leave him. And they ultimately became two of his disciples. Anybody know somebody like that? They just keep showing up? Like they just like, how did you hear about this? Like, 
how did you hear we were here? They just keep showing up. Anyways, um, you'll never read where Jesus turned and said, I've chosen you, come and follow me. Not, not to them. All right, so the very first person that Jesus would use those words, follow me, was to Philip. And it was, it was very intentional. It, it wasn't a random thing. The Bible says that Jesus went to Galilee and found Philip. He was searching. He was looking. He was looking for this man named Philip, and he found him, and he said to him, follow me. And you have to wonder why, you know? Uh, wh- why Philip? Why this man? Why was he the first one selected, the first person that Jesus would say these words, follow me? Why, why was Jesus being so intentional with this man named Philip? And I think that the answer is found in verse 45 because it, it says this. It says that Philip found Nathanael, and told him, we have found the one Moses in the law, and also the prophets wrote about Jesus from Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Philip goes out, and he finds Nathanael and says, you got, you got to come with me, man. You, I'm going to follow this man. I'm going to follow Jesus, and you got to come with me and see this guy. You got to come. You got to follow him also. You got to understand, Philip's value was found in his willingness to share Jesus with his friend. You see, when the invitation came for Philip to follow Jesus, Philip didn't become this mightier-than-thou individual or get this bad spirit that says, I'm going to forget all you little people. I'm moving on to bigger and greater things. Ha, <laughs> ha, see ya. Okay, that's not what Philip did, right? Philip's like, Boy, I've been promoted. Like, I'm moving on. I've been asked to follow this guy, so I'm going to follow him. Deuces, and maybe you'll catch me in the news or something like that. You'll see me online. But, but no, no, no. There was something in his heart that said, I'm going to follow Jesus, but Jesus, I hope you don't mind, but I got to bring somebody else with me. I got somebody, I got a friend that I got to bring with me. I've got a friend, and I want him to be a part of everything that you have in store for us. And that is my prayer, that we would have a heart like Philip, one that says, it's not just about me, it's not just about mine, but this following Jesus stuff, it's not just for me, but it's who for whosoever will. And I have a friend, I have a relative, I have a co-worker that I would like to bring along the journey with me. And I would like them to take part in this journey. Church, your transformation story was not just for the sake of you, but it was for the sake of others, all right? Philip immediately finds Nathaniel and is like, Jesus, can, can I bring someone with me? I think Jesus looks back at Philip and he's like, do I mind if you bring someone along? Philip, why do you think I chose you in the first place? 
I, I think Jesus is like, Philip, I didn't just find you just so you can go to heaven. I didn't invite you just so you could have a better life. I didn't just find you so you can sit on a pew and call yourself a Christian. The whole intent, my purpose for finding you and inviting you is I knew you would find other people. I knew you wouldn't keep it to yourself. I knew you would choose to share it with others, and that's why I decided to find you. Hear me this morning. Yes, Jesus died for you. Yes, Jesus loves you, but he also loves who you're connected to. He also loves the person who's not sitting beside you this morning. I think we're missing out on one of the greatest blessings in life because sometimes we've just settled in or are content with just making it to heaven. Hold the fort. Hold the fort. We, we're, we're, we, we're almost there. We just got to make it, and we're content with that. But God has more in store for your life. Hear me. Life doesn't have to be boring. Win a soul for the kingdom. Win somebody to the Lord. Philip, the scripture said, had a friend named Nathaniel, and he got him to begin to follow Jesus. Now, it wasn't an easy process. Uh, I mean, Philip, Philip said, you came and found me. Now I'm going to go and I'm going to find somebody. I'm going to get them to follow you. And he goes and he finds Nathaniel. But just like Jesus found him, he found Nathaniel. It was hard work. He had to go through some things. You got to understand, we can't just turn on the lights of the church and say, I hope everybody comes. I, 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 I hope you make it to heaven. Our doors are unlocked. We can't just put up a church sign right by the road and say, I hope you find the Lord. That's not enough. The most powerful way that people will begin to follow the Lord is not because they encounter him. Because many people are turned off by religion. Many people like Nathaniel, they're turned off by church. They don't care about church. They, they don't know what they need. They have an idea of what church is and who Jesus is, and they are simply not interested. But when someone becomes a friend, that's one of the most effective types of evangelism that there is. Follow me as I follow him. He said, I, I'm going to go find my friend. I will not follow Jesus alone. God, help us to take up the spirit of Philip. God, help us not to be content with just sitting here in this church and keeping it all to ourselves. Help us not to be content with just to make it to heaven, but help us to understand that, God, you found us. God, help us to go and find others. Now, the cool thing about this story is... Uh, is the next day, here comes Jesus to where Philip and Nathanael are, and Jesus looks at Nathanael and he says this, Behold an Israelite, indeed, in whom is no guile, okay? No guile, no deceit, no cunning craftiness. There's no hypocrisy. There's no dishonesty in him. And Nathanael, who does not know Jesus, looks at Jesus and says, How do you know me? And this is what is amazing, at least to me. 
is verse number 48. Jesus, Jesus answered, before Philip called you, when you were still under the fig tree, I saw you. In other words, what he was saying was, I had you in mind when I talked to Philip about following me. I knew that the only way I could get to you is if I got to your friend and got him to start following me. And if your friend started following me, then I could get you to follow me. I want you to think about the people that you're connected to, the people that you are friends with on social media, your circle of friends, your, your, your people that you text back and forth that don't know the Lord, that don't love church, that maybe you've been, maybe you've been hurt by church. Or the friends that you're, your coworkers or people that you just hang out with. I want you to see the scripture and know and understand that the Lord sees them. He sees them under the fig tree. He sees them in their sin and doing something crazy. He sees them about to commit suicide and he sees them and he says, the only way that I could reach them I know they hate the thought of church. I know they've been hurt by people, but if I can get a friend in their life, if I can get somebody that could influence them, in the, if I can get a Philip in their life, that's how I can win them. That's how I can change them. That's how I can get a hold of their hearts. Philip introduced Nathaniel to Jesus, and he says, man, you've got to come meet this man. And notice, notice that Nathaniel, he didn't want to come. <laughs> he wasn't interested in meeting him. And Philip basically says, then just come for me. Just come for me. Just do it, just do it for me then. You know, there are people, you know, there are people that come to church not because they want to hear the preacher or because they like the choir or because they like the music or they really like this or that. They come because they like you. Well, I don't want to be too pushy. Remember how it is that you have influence just by being who you are. People come, that's how I got in the church. I just like the people. I just like the people. We had our group leaders kickoff call a couple, a few weeks ago, and, and one of the first things I share with them is my story, right? Your personal testimonies are powerful. They're powerful. And I shared with them that I got in church, and, and, and I, didn't really, I didn't really start coming to services, right? I wasn't interested in going to services. I, I, I was scared. Right? Like I was scared of it. So um, <laughs> so I remember the youth pastor of the church was like, all right, we're going to, on Tuesday nights, we're going to have, and they didn't call them small groups, even though we eventually had cell groups in the church, and that, that was great. It was fun. Um, but before even that, they were like, we're going to do a small group on Tuesday night. Okay, we're going to have a group of people. We're going to come up. We're going to have game night on one Tuesday, then the following night, we're going to have prayer night, and then back to game night, and then back to prayer night. So Bryce came to game night, skipped the prayer night the next week, came to game night the following week, right? Right? But, but, but just to skip over a bunch of details, here I am this morning, 
because I love the people. I like the people. They had influence on my life. I didn't even know it. They were influencing me in a positive manner, in a positive way. I had no idea all that was going on. But the whole time, the Lord was working on me. The Lord was doing surgery on my heart and calling me and calling me. And finally, I was in a position to say yes to him. I was in a position to respond to his call of follow me. And this is just, this is just one way to win souls. You say, I, 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 you know, there are people that don't like church, don't like religion. They, uh, worshiping is not really their thing, but they would come just for you. They would come just for you. And I think a lot of people would be interested in coming to your group just, be, just for you, just for you, just to hang out with you. And then all of a sudden, I pray that they have a story like mine and so many others. You get them to a service one time, and God, he does some funny things sometimes. Because um, you know exactly what's going to happen when you get them to come to a service. They're going to sit down and not going to be really into service. But then all of a sudden, the service is going to shift. Worship's going to go to another level. People's going to begin to shout and dance and Shout and dance, and um, <laughs> we, you know, I can't say run the aisles because we have one aisle, you know, so people's going to run the aisle, um, you know. <laughs> it, it, but I believe the power of God attracts lost people. The Bible says that you'll receive power, power, when? The Holy Ghost has come upon you. And I've come to this conclusion that this world is interested in something that is real. Something that is real. Not dead, dry, fake, going through the motions, check it off the list, punch in, punch out. Something that is authentic, something that is real, and that's found right here at this church. What we have is real. What we have is authentic. What we have is powerful because it's the spirit of the Lord. It's the spirit of the Lord. I'm going to ask our music to come. And, um, but as they're coming, um, again, people are not interested in fake religion. They're not interested in those fake services. They've seen them. They've been a part of them. They're not interested in off-brand church. They want, they want the real experience. And this is, this is how they get it, because they befriend a follower. So who's following you? Who, who are you connected to that you have influence over? So you got to go and find friends. Here's the thing, because I've already said it just a second ago. People are like, well, I really don't want to be too pushy. I don't, want to, I don't want to be too pushy. I don't want to be that guy or that lady. But here's the thing, and I want you to hear this. If you have heard nothing else, I want you to hear this. You have the answer. Church, we are blessed this morning. Blessed with what, Rise? We have the truth. The one true God, we have found him, and in him there is life and life more abundantly in him, the light of the world, the mighty God, the everlasting Father. And so I simply ask, what do you mean just keep it to yourself? 
<laughs> what do you mean just keep it to yourself? John chapter 6, verse 5, Jesus is in the wilderness and there are starving people who have run out of food. And Jesus does not ask any of the other disciples. It says, Jesus lifted up his eyes, saw the great company come unto him, and he said unto, you guessed it, Philip. He knew, Brother Warren, there was something, something in this man that was different from the other guys, the other disciples. They wanted to send them away. But Philip said, if I just had 200 pennies, if I just had 200 pennies worth of bread, I could feed this multitude. I could give every one of them food. You see, he had something in him that he just wanted to share the bread of life. He wanted to do it for everybody. He, he wasn't just content to follow Jesus and be blessed and have a better life, and no doubt he would. But he said, I got to get everybody. I got to get everybody I can to let them taste of the bread of life. And Jesus says, I could use a guy like I could use a guy like that. There's a lot of people that want to be used by God. Well, guess what? Here's your opportunity. Next Sunday, join a group. Sign up for a group. Sign up for something that you have somebody else in mind for. Become friends with an outcast. Let there be a spirit of Philip. Rise up in you. Invite somebody to coffee, a round of golf, a play date with other moms, brunch on the weekends. Do whatever because we have the bread of life. We have the answer. We found the way, the truth, and the life. And his name is Jesus. We found him. We found him. You stand with me this morning. When you look at Philip, you see him in John chapter 12. Jesus entered Jerusalem. There was a group of Greeks, and they were there to celebrate the Passover, and they didn't even know. They didn't even know who Jesus was. And when they heard about Jesus, they said, we want to see him. We would love to see Jesus. We would love to meet him. And you go back to look at this up. The scripture says this, that they came to Philip. <laughs> These people who are of a different religion, they said, we desire, sir, to let us see Jesus. And here's this great introducer, Philip. And he takes them to see Jesus. He's the right guy for the job. And Philip said, oh, you don't know who Jesus is? Come on, let me introduce you to him. Let me, let me take you to him. You see, it didn't matter to Philip that they were of a different faith. It didn't matter to Philip that they, they didn't believe the same way. It didn't matter that others thought that they didn't belong. Philip understood that's how he used to be. He used to be on that ship. 
That was him. That was his life. He was the one who didn't belong. He was the outcast. He was the outsider. But he didn't let religion get so a hold of him that it stopped him from sharing the good news. That it stopped him from sharing Jesus. Church, don't you ever forget that we are here on commission. We are here to spread the gospel. We are here to join ourselves to people and get them to follow. Get them to follow the Lord. Would you bow your head, close your eyes in this place, and maybe just as they play and sing, maybe just, maybe just offer up a prayer unto the Lord and ask the Lord just to touch you. Would you do that right now, just on an individual basis? Lord, touch my heart, God. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.